Welcome to In Between the Magic. Bright suns, travelers, and welcome to a special May the 4th edition of In Between the Magic. Today, I am joined by my co-pilot, my wife, Kirsten. Hello, Kirsten. Hi, Jose. May the 4th be with you. And also be with you. Thank you. We decided that today we would put together a short kind of extra show, just the two of us, because of our correspondence. We are the only two who have really been to Batu and Galaxy's Edge, so uh, we didn't want to bore them hanging around talking about a whole lot of nothing. Or spoil anything. Or spoil anything, yes. We're going to talk a little bit about our experience there. We finished up our honeymoon about uh, just about a month ago now, and that was our first time there. And we went, I think, three different days to explore. We went the first day just to walk around and see what was there. The second day was our day to try and get a boarding pass, and we got one, but it was in the 80s. And they and it broke, it broke down midday through, so they stopped boarding passes in the 70s, and I was really sad. And then we decided to get up and do it again the next day, much to Kirsten's early morning chagrin. Uh, but actually, it was her idea to do it, so props to her. Uh, but she ended up getting, I think, boarding group 13. Yeah, that's right. I got boarding group Yeah, because my, my app wouldn't even load. It was a real pain in the butt. But we got boarding group 13, and we got to ride Rise of the Resistance. We did Smuggler's Run two times. Nice. We were the engineers the first time, and then we were the gunners the second time. We still have yet to be pilot and co-pilot, which I think is bound to happen for a long time just based off of how that ride functions. But overall, it it was it's something new and special. I know when... Universal dropped Harry Potter years ago. That was kind of the first to really push out a a themed land. And as a huge Star Wars fan myself, it it's really nice that I now have something like this that I can enjoy when we go on these trips. Um, and I think Disney and Hollywood Studios is a a great place for it to exist. So. Um, just some overall reactions on a whole walking around is probably half of the fun. Um, for me, just seeing all the intricacies, seeing a lot of the Easter eggs that are there, the details that go into making the land feel like you are in a Star Wars movie and not in the middle of Orlando, Florida. And or in a part of Hollywood Studios. Correct. It just feels so separate from everything else. You know, when you when you go into Toy Story Land, it's still you feel like you're in a toy's perspective, but you still feel like you're very much in a Hollywood Studios park. or a theme park. But then when you go to Batu, the way that it's set up, it feels very much like a marketplace and like it's it's part of a city. So that is something that they really took pride in and did well creating this area. Um, as you walk around, it's kind of broken up. You've got the 
Rise of the Resistance right as you walk in. You've got the main marketplace, which is where you can get some um, Ronto Roasters food and a lot of the the small shops. I appreciate the fact that the shops are small. They're and it feels like a true marketplace, it, yeah, and it, not just like one big shop. You're not walking into like World of Disney or Mouse Gears where there are miles upon miles of merchandise. The merchandise in this shop that might be no bigger than a bedroom is only selling this specific type of merchandise. Mm -hmm. You've got like the toy yeah. chunk, you've got the costumes, you've got um, kind of the general swag, like the pins and the shirts. And the... So that was really nice to see. And I know that the the cast members that are working are, are in character and they're encouraged to, to be that way, um, which is fun for me it, it might not be fun for everybody i know kirsten wasn't necessarily the biggest fan of it and i know that some people hate it altogether but to me it adds that element um i try to to play along a little bit you know you try to use the vernacular that they have and engage in planetary conversation about things and where the story is and the timeline of events i think um, it's also just a very unique place because it it's a place that has a story that not a lot of people know yet. Like, you go into Toy Story Land, you know the story. It's Toy Story. You go into Batu, and you're like, I I am on a different planet, but I don't know what's going on. I don't know why things are the way that they are. What I like about that, too, is that they, they pushed out a book called um, Black Spire Outpost and Galaxy's Edge. I'm slowly waking, making my way through the new canon books that they're pushing out and i really enjoy them and i grabbed the galaxy's edge book and i told myself i'm going to get this finished before we go to galaxy's edge so i know the story of what's going on because the story that they wrote is directly the story of the land that they built and so the main character is walking around and she's the main character in the book like but she, she's not somebody you would have seen in another movie correct you have no idea who she is unless you've read into it a right. little bit. Right. And so I I read about a chapter or two and I got to the point where the main character was getting to Batu, but then I realized that she was a character from a different book that I had not read yet and I really wanted to read that one first to get I don't know how much she's actually in the other book, but you they almost spoiled the ending of the other book, I'm afraid at the very start of this one. Not to mention I was halfway through um, Thrawn, another Star Wars book, as well as halfway through Bob Iger's memoir book. So I was overloading myself being ambitious about it. So I stopped and just went back to what I was working on. But the, the feel of it is, you're right, it's so different. It's got that story behind it. And I think every bit of the land plays into that story. Especially if you think about um, it being explicitly unique that um, the characters are free-roaming, much like they are at Disneyland. Um, they they kind of just do their own thing. They have their handlers that kind of walk around with them, but there's not a, uh, um, a meet-and-greet area. They're just kind of there, and they're doing their own thing every once in a while. I know that some of them are face characters, and some of them are pre-recorded lines and so you know you you've seen the videos of ray walking around with a small child 
playing hide and seek or something like that, or she's trying to hide from a stormtrooper. That that's regular. That's that's what happens when we walked in. We saw Ray just walking down the street like she was there, just doing her thing. And a lot of people don't notice it because right. I think a lot of people aren't going to be like, "Oh my gosh, that's so and so." We we saw, and I I don't know the name of her. I I can't remember, but the main character from Batu. I had no idea who she was. <laughs> and I was trying to explain out of the one chapter that I had read of the book who she was and what her storyline was, but she's a face character, and so she was engaging with people and asking if they were part of the resistance and how could she trust them and all this stuff, and that was nice to see. But then it's also fun to see the stormtroopers walk around and throw shade at people. Um, and, with their pre-recorded lines. <laughs> right, and then... Kylo Ren coming out being as intimidating of a costume as you would think it would be from the movies. I think the the authenticity of the outfits that they've made are really cool as well. Um, and kind of the demeanor of the characters yeah. that they give off. They do a really great job of doing that. The the chewy actor that they had was fun. He was just kind of walking around and his, his mouth moves as he's talking, which is something that some of the other meet and greets haven't had. His mouth is stationary and it's just a big fuzzball. But now he's, he's you know, a talking fuzzball. He, he feels like he's seven foot tall. He's probably wearing some type of platform boot or something like that. So the just the overall feel of the area was great. Looking at the attractions, um, Smuggler's Run was, it surprised me. I remember when they announced it and they said, it's you're, you get to fly the Millennium Falcon. I thought, yes, this is exactly what I wanted. But you're flying it with Hondo Anaka. And I went, I don't, <laughs> I don't necessarily care that much about Hondo Anaka. And at the time... We were about halfway through the Clone Wars series, and we hadn't watched Rebels yet. But now that we've finished Clone Wars up to, I think the last episode is going to drop when we post this, so we'll be able to finish it then. But we've also finished Rebels, and Hondo is in Rebels a bunch. I have a much greater appreciation yes. for Hondo. Now. So it, my appreciation for that ride, I think, would be different if I went and did it now. That being said... Being able to ride the ride when we got there, I was able to put my feelings towards Hondo aside, and just it was amazing. Yeah, appreciate the fact that I was walking into the the cargo bay and then into the the main quarters with the chess piece, and I I took a picture of the hallway. I, I waited. We were the engineers the first time, and I waited back. I was so disappointed. You were. <laughs> I was but so I, upset. I turned around because we were the the last people there, and all the the cast members had gone back to get the next group and I took a picture of the hallway and it's one of my favorite pictures because the detail of the hallway is movie set quality. Like, And it's life size. Yeah. If, if you were to post the picture that I took up against a set photo, obviously the set photo is going to have a much nicer camera to it, but it's going to look, it's very, going similar. To look very similar to the set photo, which is ridiculous. Um, the ride itself, I was a little hesitant about motion sickness, just because as I get older, Star Tours tends to hurt a little bit more. Um, and we were the engineers, so we were we were a little upset. Uh, but we didn't know anything about the ride. I, I stayed off of social media to not spoil what the ride itself was and how it worked. 
And so we were upset, but then we got in and we realized just how interactive each piece was. Um, how pivotal each person right. is in, in the ride. So as much as you want to be the person that flips the switch to light speed. Or be the gunner. Or be the gunner. When you hit a wall, you have to flip a switch or hit a button or something like that. And I didn't realize how intuitive that was for our position until about halfway through it when I was like, oh man, I'm actually doing a whole lot of work because our pilot was a kid just swerving left and right and hitting everything. Yeah, it was rough. (laughs) But the fact that like, I, I felt like the ride had a purpose. It wasn't some of those, you know, like in mission, I think about mission space where you're like, you have to hit the button, but if you don't hit the button, it'll do it for you. This is like, if I do this, there's a reward at the end of it and it might affect the overall flight of the the trip itself there is a negative consequence (laughs) yeah so that was really enjoyable and then the second time we were gunners and i started off just hammering the button to fire the turbo lasers but then i got more precise with it and waited for the tie fighters to come around and things like that and firing the the torpedoes was fun but haven't got to be the pilot yet but it the ride itself is enjoyable the the system is fantastic um i think the the look of the cockpit is what you would want it to be my only complaint was that the jump to light speed was too quick and this is just a personal gripe when they when they hit it you don't get that long build up of all the streaks coming across the cockpit it just it's a very quick boom you're into it but that's just me. I digress. I think the best part is that you don't require 3D glasses for it. Yes. Like, you don't need to wear them at all. And I think that's part of the reason I generally get a little queasy on Star Tours is just the the vision aspect of it. It still feels like it's going on right in front of you, even without those 3D glasses. The queue is also very, not interactive, but it's very well done. Um, and if you're doing the data pad option in the my disney experience that is super fun um in the queue because you're going on these little missions as you're waiting for the ride from hondo um to collect different materials from the crates by scanning them um and once you get to certain points of the ride there's different missions that you need to go on from hondo so overall that that ride was totally worth it as far as the wait time goes we just got done talking about um, extra magic hours and things like that. We we got in line with 120 minute wait time just because we knew that that was the purpose of the day was to knock out some of these Star Wars experiences, and it only took us 45 minutes to get on. So you know we we saved a whole bunch of time there. There's and also a little bar cart halfway through yes. to get refreshments if you need it. <laughs> Not just refreshments to get beer if you need if it. you need it if or you, you need can it get your little thermal detonator. Of Coke, Coke and Sprite. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then the second time we did it, I think it only it took less than thirty minutes to get on the ride. So yeah, I didn't have time to pull out the data. For as busy as it is and as popular as it is, I don't know if they're just pumping out that many people that quickly, or if the queue is set up so well that they're able to. It's more efficient. I I don't know, but it it never took as long as the, the line said it did, which is really cool. That being said, I would wait. The 120 oh, yeah. minutes to go do it and it's, i don't usually wait long it's one rides. it's one that i think no matter the position that you got i would wait 
120 minutes for sure. Yes. And that that's even having done it twice now. I would go back and do it multiple times waiting that long. So Because with everybody you go, your mission's just slightly different. Yeah. Like you might not fly the right way or you might not the, the get ov- all those tie fighters. Your overall mission is going to be the same from what we can tell, but the experience is going to be different, which I think just is... Slightly. Which is the, that's the name of the game for the park, is that it's your experience. It's it's different, which is cool. Um, let's talk the single coolest riot slash experience I have ever been on, Rise of the Resistance. We're not going to talk spoilers, so we're not going to talk about what happens, what happens the on the ride or what happens in the pre-show or oh. what happens, anything like that, because... You have to experience this on your own to understand what we're talking about. If if you're like us, you've watched all the social media posts that the company has put out. You've watched the, the, Imagineering, the story. Imagineering story talking about the mechanics behind what they've been doing. It literally does not do the ride justice. I, Which is good yes. because I needed that feeling when I went in. I, I had seen so many you know, recorded videos of people writing stuff. This one was much harder to not see a first person type video as to what's happening on the inside because everybody in in the Falcon you're you're enclosed and it's a screen so it's tougher. There's so many different parts to Rise of the Resistance. Like it's not just one thing. Right. But and I had seen a lot and it it nothing was really spoiled, but some things were spoiled. Um but even with that, going on to the ride itself, knowing what was coming when it happened, I was like, oh my gosh, this this is still amazing. So that let's back up and start from like the very start of the ride. So getting getting your boarding pass and then first of all, trying to find where the ride is, because there's not there's not a, a huge big line. sign and there's not a line out front. It's right as you walk in the front gate. Don't walk in from Toy Story because that's the exit. You want to walk in from the, I think it's still called Streets of America or by Muppet Vision. That's your main entrance into Batu. And as soon as you come into it, it's going to be on your left-hand side. But if you're not looking for it, you're not going to see it. And I think that's cool because it's not, you know, you're not walking down the street and see a sign for It's a Small World or <laughs> um, Boba Fett's teacups or... <laughs> something like that you know you you don't it just looks like it's an area which is what it's supposed to be because it's a it starts in a rebel base yeah and i think the best way to describe it is an experience it's not a ride it's an experience the entire entire thing thing. is an experience because as soon as you get into the queue the first part of the queue is a standard queue you've got movie props and things to look at the theming is fantastic and then you get into a mission briefing room. And from that point on, all bets are off. And every expectation that you have is thrown out the window. Um, because it well above exceeds yes. every expectation. When you get done with the the mission briefing, what happens next, I still don't know how they do it. But it's fantastic. And then the doors open again. And you're just taken aback by the the sheer size of what they've put forth which you can't tell right again because it's hidden you don't know when when you get into it's that this part's not a secret you get into the star destroyer that's not 
a spoiler. Eventually, yes. Yeah. You get into the stretch story. But when you get into it, you're thinking, where where was this housed? Where? And I'm sure if you did like a Google Maps thing where you could just yeah. look above, you could see it. But yeah. looking from any other standpoint, you don't know where it came from. And I say that's not a spoiler because it's literally on the map. So no no spoilers there. If you have a map, you've seen this. But it the, the size of the area is ridiculous. And you feel inconsequential and tiny. Yes. Which is ridiculous for a ride to be able to do that. Um, and then you do the ride portion. Then you do the ride itself. And it's trackless. And there are different varieties of the ride. I know... Much like Runaway Railway. Yeah. There, I, I, would, I, think there's t- I think there's just two. Because when you load up, there's only two carts. And so there's a front cart and a back cart. And I think they go to different areas of the track so there's two possible outcomes there could be more i'm not positive on that one but then when you get done with the ride you get off and you're just smiling or crying or both yes um and i think part of that is due to the fact that it feels like it's such a personalized experience like it doesn't feel like i'm waiting in a line with 200 other people and there's you know you've pumped out 500 people doing the same ride that I just did. It feels like I am with this group of six people from the start to the end and that there's nobody else there. Yep. So that overall this, if this didn't have a boarding pass system, I would wait all day, all day. (laughs) Just if, if I had to wait in line to do this and be done, I would do it. Absolutely. No questions asked. Um, As long as there is a beer cart. Yeah, as long as the beer cart's there. Um, just a quick suggestion. If you are planning on staying at the resort, uh, we highly recommend any resort that is on the Skyliner, the Skyliner system. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, we stayed at Art of Animation. That's just our personal favorite. But you've got Art, Pop Century, Caribbean Beach, Riviera, Riviera and then... Technically, anything that's over on the boardwalk area, so boardwalk, yacht club, beach club, um, anything like that. I think those are just the three that are over there. Anything that you can have access to the Skyliner makes getting to Hollywood Studios for a boarding pass in the morning completely worth it. We we got in line 15 minutes before the station opened, so we were in line at 7:15. And going from Art of Animation or Pop Century, you have to go. And transfer. Yes. So you go to the transfer station, and then you're in line for the Hollywood Studios one. So we did two, and we were still in the park. Before. We we we, we were in line at 7.15. We were on a Skyliner by 7.40 at the latest, and we were inside Hollywood Studios by 7.50 to 7.55. Which is really all the time you need. Because you just have to be inside the gate to be able to get the pass. Because it's a lottery. If you think you're going to get there earlier and get a better chance at a boarding pass, you are still at the equal of the people that get there at 7.50. It used to be set up that way, so people were there at 4 o'clock in the morning waiting. I I like the lottery system because you don't have to be there early. You just have to be there in the park. So, Um, But moral of the story... That is an experience, and it's something that is off the chains. Um, the 
Only other couple things that we could talk about are going to be the data pad for a little bit. That's so cool. Kirsten had the data pad. I didn't just because my my phone data and stuff like that was acting up. So, but you can talk about the... The data pad was really neat just because it was like this communications device that you can only use in that chunk of the land because it uses your GPS. So when you open My Disney Experience and you're in, or I guess it's the Disney Play app, um, and when you're in Star Wars land, it recognizes that you're there and it opens up your data pad and you've got... um, You've got a translator, so you can scan something and be like, what does this say? And it'll tell you what it says. Um, The part that I had fun with was um, you get to kind of choose whose team you're on and what missions you want to take on. Um, And you can go around scanning things and trading things with um, kind of the big Star Wars characters um, and accomplishing things and changing your rank and collecting all these badges and neat little things like that. It was just, I think it just put the rest of the land way over the top from everything else like we haven't seen anything like this yet and it was just really neat so that that really adds to the overall theming of things um there's also so many great picture spots yes um you've got the falcon you've got an x-wing you've got an uh, a-wing an a-wing you've got the tie fighters um there's no tie fighters there's a tie fighter there's a uh, Kylo Ren's tie silencer is okay. there. Okay. Yeah. All right. Anyway, that's there, and that's where Kylo Ren comes out when he, he goes to do his um his stuff. His so. kind of like walking around, and you'll see um you'll see Ray and Chewie going and working on the Falcon every once in a while, and it's just kind of neat to watch from the fence line to watch him work on stuff and communicate with people, and then go off and do their own thing. They've they've got a whole lot of good um photo pass is set up we recently started investing in the photo pass i think it if you do it right it can definitely be worth the money to get those professional shots easier but another um, story for another that's time. another story for another time yeah um the last thing that we're gonna look at is just that overall i don't want to use the word inclusion but it's kind of what it is when you look at like the food and the drinks we, we've talked a little bit about the merchandise and you you can get the the Star Wars merchandise that you're looking for as well. You can get your lightsabers. You can build your own lightsaber. You can build your own droid. We didn't do if you either. You have the money to do that. Yeah, we didn't do either of those experiences. A because of the money. B because of the time that it would take to wait to do those things. Um, but I have seen the videos from the um, the the lightsaber building, and it, it looks like a a very fun environment and things to do there but i'm thinking specifically about oga's cantina blue and green milk thermal detonator coke and then space popcorn and we we didn't eat at ronto roasters but i'm sure that that would play into it as well so which also has breakfast it does so if you get there early and you're just kind of walking around, which is great because there was hardly anybody there. Mm-hmm. I think it was only like a 15-minute wait to get breakfast if we wanted it. Um, and you wanted to eat there, but you didn't want to do it around lunchtime when it's slammed. Yeah. Breakfast would be a good option. So the, the blue and green milk, I wanted to do it just to... You have to do it. That's, that's the thing. Um, they're both snack credits which is what we were doing for a lot of our stuff as we were using our snack credits for it. We were on the meal plan. 
And they are not dairy-based products. Correct. They are coconut milk and almond, or almond. Maybe? I don't. It's oh. it's not dairy. It's cold, which was nice on a hot day. Um, I think I prefer the blue over the green personally. Both can be mixed for alcoholic. You beverages, can have alcohol mixed in, which yes. is not a snack. Correct. Not a snack, correct? But that's the option there. It's a very interesting taste. I. I think I described the blue one as like a blue Swedish fish. Yeah. It's except, like a liquefied Swedish fish. Except Swedish, a blue Swedish fish doesn't exist. It's just the red. So if you can imagine what a blue Swedish fish would taste like, that's what the blue milk tastes like. The green tasted, I can't remember. I think it was fruitier. A little more fruitier. But it was pretty similar. Yeah. And then we also got breakfast. We got the bread pudding with the green milk which they do recommend and it was it was it was, it was okay. good it 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 was a snack and we got a good breakfast out of it you know it's just something different to try um the coke is coke but it's in the the bottle of a thermal detonator which is kind of fun you can bring those back and give them the kids to play with or whatever you're not going to have it's just it's a souvenir regardless it does go flatter faster because yes. of the shape of the bottle though yep. that's the only downside but yep. i still drank like four of them um the space popcorn was just kettle corn but it it looked fun because it was colored which was fun to see and then the other experience that we did was ogas and i know some people have very strong opinions about ogas they think that it's kind of a a not great place and the execution is not great i thought it was phenomenal i i I figured i would give it a try before i made my thing about it but Thinking about what a cantina on a smuggler-ish type Star Wars planet would be like, this was it. Our our waitress was awesome. She had a, a real thick southern accent, but... I think it was on purpose. I don't think that was her it, actual accent. It was funny. She was she checked in with us and said, I'm, I'm busy. I'll get back to you. But she was talking about Oga. She was talking about following the rules or we're going to get blaster fire or something like that and um encouraging us to get more drinks and things but she she just took care of us and we we expected it to be a little bit longer of a wait to get some stuff just because it was a busy night and you can get reservations to go which is what we that's did. we, so we yeah. didn't have to wait in the long line we we got a reservation at night um and because i wanted to be able to to go when we would normally get drinks and there there was an event that occurred inside that I had not previously known about and it took me completely by surprise and it is one of our favorite things about the trip that we talk about. Um, DJ Rex throws down a a pretty mean beat. I'm I'm guessing it's on the hour or half hour or whatever. It's it's a regular thing that happens. Um, but the theming it very much feels like you're in a, a space cantina you you get what you get as far as your seating or your standing area and i'm okay with that because we we got to see everything and experience everything um to me it feels like a star wars themed trader Trader sands Sands, yeah that's that's literally the best way to describe it and that's why some people have strong feelings against it is that they're not trader sam's necessarily fans to begin with um i thoroughly enjoyed it i left the drink was good they have non-alcoholic drinks yeah, for those who don't drink or if you wanted to bring your kids in there. I saw a lot of kids in there, too. They've got a lot. They've got a pretty big menu, and they're all space drinks, which is fun. Um, they've also got snacks that come in Petri dishes. Yeah. 
You want a it's like a board? And then they've got like a jello shot with mold growing on top of it, but the mold is like pop rocks and stuff. <laughs> so it's it's all, you know, the, the the drink that I got was bubbling from dry ice and things like that. And at first we were worried about drinking the dry ice, and then we realized it was in a idiot-proof safe <laughs> area at the bottom of the cup, which was fun. Um, but overall, it was it was a lot of fun. And then when we left, Fantasmic was going on. And so the land itself was empty. And when we say empty, we mean empty. empty. We walked over and there was one because the rides and stuff had shut down because technically those had closed. And we we weren't trying to stick around too late because I know that pe the cast member is trying to, to finish up the land and things like that. So we just took a couple pictures and got out of there. But I think most people were over by the Falcon because everybody had their lightsabers out in front yeah. of the Falcon. But everywhere else was just clear. But I, I mean, I, I did get a shot of the Falcon without a single person in front of it. We got pictures of the streets empty. We got pictures of the spires with no... But like, if you do Oga's late enough and you please do make sure that you're not one of those people that's hanging well past park clothes because that's just not... A nice thing to do um you you can have a leisurely stroll out and see a lot of really cool things without the hustle and bustle of people around you yes. which is which is awesome so um all in all it was absolutely amazing it it's top notch i'm so excited as much as i want to do the the star cruiser hotel experience i don't think we're, we're ever going to have a that type of money, but B, I think that's something that is gonna mix in really well because I know that you have the experience of the Star Cruiser, and then you get to go on the excursion two by two. So if you get to do that, have fun with that. But the the area itself is awesome. I'm I'm really excited to see it grow. However, it decides to grow over the couple of years, we're gonna try and get out to California soon, and I know it's basically I think it is exactly the same. So it'll be fun to see if the, the atmosphere is any different in California versus Florida. But um, that, that'll be it for us today. May the 4th be with you to everybody. And uh, Godspeed Rebels and all the other mumbo jumbo. And to those of you who celebrate Re Revenge of the 5th tomorrow, Execute Order 66. Have a good one.